0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com, and welcome everybody on this glorious Sunday morning. I don't know how how glorious it is, but uh, it's a special day for me. It happens to be my birthday. And I am here in Park City, Utah, enjoying some great snowboarding as we speak. Well, not exactly as we speak, but um, here for you. And uh, we're here on Pet Life Radio Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. I am your host, Dr. Jeff Werber, for the next 30 minutes. And we were here to talk about anything about your pets. So, we want you to get a hold of us. To, uh, we can answer your questions. We can talk about anything you want to talk about, whether it's medical, whether it's behavior, you name it. Uh, it's holiday time. How about talking about the, the pros and cons of getting a pet for somebody else for the holidays? That's a good one. Anyway, you can reach me here at 877 385 8882. Once again, toll free, 877 385 8882. Or you can just come on to Pet Life Radio. Click on the Ask the Vets tab with Dr. Jeff, and you can just join the conversation. Very easy to do. Lastly, you can go ahead and send me an email to drjeff, drjeff, at petliferadio.com, and our wonderful producer, Mark, will send it to me immediately, and we can get you that way. So three really easy ways to get all of us, and more than just getting your questions answered. Our sponsors want you to try their products. So for any caller who gives us a call, Sent us an email, joins in the conversation. We will send out to you a free Kong toy, as well as a ProSense pet product, both wonderful products, amazing ProSense, the Veteranite quality product that you can find at the Mass Market and Kong. Now, what more can I say about Kong? They have been in the business for years, and they have such amazing things for dental care, for behavior, and just for keeping your pets happy. And come holiday time, we want to include our pets as well. These are great, great items to put in a gift bag for your pets or for somebody else's pets. So anyway, while we get started, so once again, I want to hear from you. It's a great time. So we are doing a whole series over the last several weeks, except for last week, we talked about holiday hazards. And before we leave that subject, I do want to talk about pets as gifts. But we're also going to start on one of our next organ or endocrine systems that seems to cause a lot of confusion amongst our pet owners and sometimes even us veterinarians because they're not easy to deal with. And those are the two diabetes. One is called diabetes mellitus, that's the sugar diabetes, and the other one one is diabetes insipidus, which is the water-drinking diabetes, and there can be a number of causes for that one, just to make it even more complicated. So I want to start thinking about asking us, calling in any questions you might have on diabetes. I am sure that there are those of you listening or online right now and have had pets or have known somebody that whose pets have had diabetes, either one. And we want to hear from you because it really can be quite the challenge when it comes to treatment. And um, a lot of confusion because some of the many other diseases we're always worried about can manifest just like diabetes. So it also takes some diagnostic specialty to rule in or rule out these diseases. But before we get started, just to to keep in line with the upcoming holidays, we're what, eleven days away from Christmas. So we want to talk about pets as gifts. Should you or shouldn't you? And I'd love to hear from you, but my feeling is this that for your own family and your own children, when you are ready about it, you've spoken about it, you are aware, depending on the age of your kids, that most often when you're going to get a pet, it's going to be you, not the kids, who are going to be taking care of it. Of course If you have older kids that are ready for the responsibility, then it's fantastic. But then I think it would be okay and doable. If, however, you are planning on surprising another family member, a relative, a good friend, with a pet, I would think twice. And I could be talking about a very close relative who's talked about having a pet, wants to get a pet. They've discussed it with their kids. Everything's a go. Even these are going to backfire. This is something, it's kind of like a personal type of gift That you want people to plan on their own, go down to the shelter by themselves, go to the rescue group on their own and pick out their pet. It's really hard to spring a pet on somebody else unless you know for 100% sure that this is the individual pet that they were going to get or looking for or have already made plans. Then it would be okay. But I always, always caution people, as cute as it is for the kids, better yet, give them an IOU. Let them go to the shelter. Let them go down to the rescue group and choose their own, and you could have paid for it already. That would be a great way to go. But to bring home a live animal, a live pet, to someone who did not choose it themselves, to someone who, as much as they said, they're ready, they're ready, they're ready, aren't quite ready yet. It's going to be disaster. So I just wanted just to add that, take caution. Now, if, however, you are petless, or you are in a situation where you recently lost a pet, and now you are ready to replace then there is nothing better. What a great time of year to be able to provide and give that bouncy little puppy or kitten. And um, I'm telling you, if you go online to any local rescue group or go to any local shelter, they are inundated. They are overflowing with pets that need forever homes and what a great thing you'd be doing to provide that home for somebody. So anyway, I'm a total fan. You know, as I said, I have 12 at home, so uh, I kind of, you know, walk the talk, but it is, there's nothing, it'll be a great way to celebrate the holidays but if and when you're truly ready. So let's talk about diabetes. What is it? Uh, There are two types of diabetes simply. There is diabetes type one. We call juvenile onset diabetes in people and diabetes type two which is adult-onset diabetes in people. The type 1 juvenile onset in animals is the one that affects our dogs, 99%. And clearly, not only juvenile onset, but that what's unique about this type of diabetes is that it is what we call insulin-dependent diabetes. Here's where there is truly a fault in the islet cells of the pancreas. Now, remember, we've talked about this before when we were talking about vomiting. The pancreas is an interesting organ because it serves two functions. It has what we call an exocrine function, and that is the function of secreting and delivering the digestive enzymes. For digestion, Uh, when pancreatitis hits, we get vomiting, we have a very sick dog or cat. There's also an endocrine function, and that is the hormone secretion, manufacture and secretion in the islet cells of the pancreas of our insulin. What insulin does is insulin helps regulate the sugar in the body. And what insulin does is it drives the sugar from the blood into the cells where it is becomes necessary for cells to function and perform what they are supposed to perform to run basically the mechanics of the body. When we are lacking insulin, as we do in type 1 diabetes, the blood sugar skyrockets because all of the sugar that we take in stays in the blood. Because without insulin, there's no way to drive that sugar, that glucose into the cells. So the cells start functioning improperly. They don't get the energy that they need to function because the energy is coming from the glucose. And you can imagine the many different types of conditions we see. Not to mention, as the this blood high in sugar goes through the kidneys, it spills out into the urine. And the function, when we have a change in osmotic gradient and we have all of this this concentrated material in the blood and in the urine to dilute it the body starts to deliver more fluid so you these animals get thirsty they start drinking more and that more they drink gets into the urine along with the high glucose blood and high glucose urine and we have these dogs that are what we call PUPD polyuria polydipsic they are urinating a lot And they are drinking a lot. Now, remember, we had talked about earlier about Cushing's disease, which is an adrenal disease of a hypersecretion of the adrenal gland. And what did we find as one of the prime presenting signs was PUPD. So clearly, you can see already our first element of, of difficulty in diagnosis when that dog presents PUPD. Also, kidney disease, urinary disease, urinary tract infection. How can that present also with PUPD? So now we're getting into the, that situation where we have a number of fairly diseases, common diseases that we see frequently, that present with the same presenting sign. So our difficulty now is to try to determine why is this particular animal, PUPD. Now, one of the telltale signs of a dog with diabetes, type 1, is not only will it be PUPD, but when we do a blood test and a urinalysis, we're going to see very high blood sugar and very high Urine sugar. Now it's interesting, the normal blood sugar can be as high as 110 milligrams per deciliter. 60 is is pretty normal. We like to stay between maybe 60 and 90, maybe 100 is okay. Dogs with diabetes will be well over that. Typically 400, sometimes I've seen it as high as 500, but anything above 250 passes what we call the urine threshold. So as soon as the blood sugar gets above 250, now that Glucose is spilling into the urine. So when you start seeing glycosuria, which is glucose in the urine, you already know that the blood sugar is at least 250. So that's how we really kind of determine how frightening is this situation. Not to mention, as the whole metabolic process in these dogs that have chronic diabetes that has gone unchecked, we will see something called ketoacidosis. We will see a lot of ketones in the urine as well. And we will see blood that is acidotic. It's upset our acid-based static. Now we have a dog who's not only diabetic, but has what we call complicated diabetes. And that adds even more problems to our treatment. So one of the keys simply is that when we have type 1 diabetes in dogs, it's insulin dependent. These dogs will present often with drinking and urinating like crazy. They seem to want to eat a lot because though their blood sugar is so high, the sugar is not getting into the cells. So the body is saying, hey, buddy, you got to eat more. We need more sugar. Not realizing that that's not the problem. The sugar's there. But without the insulin, that sugar is not driven into the cells. And so we have a situation where we can often get pretty sick dogs. So This can happen at any age. We see it young to middle age. I've seen it happen for the first time in some older dogs, though not as common. And it is something that once the diagnosis is made, once if they are very sick because of ketoacidosis, that we can treat them. We treat them a little differently. We get them through that phase. Then we can start what we call our testing and our our regulating. And this is the hard part of titrating, regulating how much insulin These dogs need, and because of the often complication of having dogs that have both Cushing's and diabetes at the same time, that lends to even more issues. Because sometimes now the treatments become allowed almost counter; they counteract each other, and leads to some more difficulty. So we're going to get to treatment in just a second before we move on to cats and type two diabetes. Still, would love to hear from you about any questions you may have about this or about holidays, about getting pets for the holidays. So stay tuned. You'll be back here with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life's Radio. Ask the Vet with Dr. Jeff. We'll be back in a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. This is my tired of itching face. Does your dog suffer from persistent itching and scratching? Allergies and skin irritations caused by environment, including pollens, insects, especially fleas, food and common household allergens are common problems in dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense itch and allergy products provide fast relief from symptoms like itchy, irritated skin, skin infections like hot spots and watery eyes. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Day. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. There's nothing more delicious and healthy than an old family recipe. And for over 50 years, our family's been creating them especially for your pets. Nutrisource Super Premium Pet Foods dog and cat food that's all natural, holistic, and organic. Nutrisource Pet Foods contain our patented Good for Life system for your pet's optimum health and well being. So order now. Safe, quality food made by our family for your furry family members. Go to NutrisourcePetFoods.com. From our family to family brands. Your dog loves going for a walk, but what do you do when the weather just won't cooperate? Your canine companion shouldn't have to come home cold, wet, and uncomfortable. Zippy Dynamics has created a chic, revolutionary, and functional suit that covers your best friend from head to toe. Our apparel is stylish and remarkably protective against all weather. You and your dog deserve the best, and Zippy Dynamics is here to provide. Visit ZippyDynamics.com now and receive free shipping on all orders for a limited time. Zippy Dynamics, clothing of a different breed. Life Radio, The number one pet radio network on the planet joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Oh. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Oh. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet and welcome back to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Werber. Here, uh, coming to you live from Park City, Utah, where it's stunning. And uh, we are getting snow, which is making me very happy. I'm about to hit the slopes with my board after the show. And uh, anyway, before the break, we were talking about type 1 diabetes mellitus. This is the sugar diabetes that is the equivalent of juvenile onset diabetes in children, that is an insulin-dependent diabetes. And we talked about the clinical signs, the diagnostics. We're going to see a lot of urine sugar. We're going to see blood sugar. We're going to have a dog that's drinking and urinating like crazy, often eating like crazy, sometimes gaining weight, and yet starting to feel really sick. And the more this goes unchecked, the sicker they get, because as I said, the sugar, the necessary sugar to run the the functions of the cell is not getting into the cell to provide the energy it is supposed to, and these dogs really start breaking down. So, okay, so assume we have our uncomplicated diabetes, and that means that we do not have ketoacidosis, and it is basically a fairly simple, caught early diabetes. We need to start insulin therapy. There are a number of different insulins out there that to be discussed with your veterinarian, which fits best for you, what he or she has had the most success with. Personally, for dogs, I'm big, still a big fan of what we call Humulin NPH. I also can use Prozinc, well, I use that more for cats. Vetsulin is another one. Uh, There's another one out there called Lantus. But again, there are so many insulin options there. You want to go over those with your veterinarian. But most insulins in dogs turn out to be twice a day. If you're lucky, you can get one that might work once a day. Mine are usually twice a day. The goal here is to provide that which the body is lacking. It's to have you administer injections at home. Very easy to do. It is given subcutaneously. That means under the skin. And at first, typically what we do is we'll take a a pet in and we will keep them for a day or two. And we'll start the process. We want to get to the point where we get a drop in that blood sugar level, maybe down to, well, obviously we want to stay below 250. Because we want to make sure we're not spilling the glucose into the urine. Once we're there, at least we know in the ballpark. Now, we've got to be careful because, as I'm sure if you've known people that have had diabetes, they always walk around with something really sweet, a chocolate bar, some honey, because if you end up giving too much insulin or not eating well, then you run the risk of getting what we call hypoglycemic, which is low blood sugar. That is not enough because too much of the sugar was pushed into the cells, and now we have a situation where we're hypoglycemic, low blood sugar. So – that's why it's sort of a dance. It's a, a delicate balance between the insulin we're giving and how well it's working driving that sugar into the cells. And once we're in, a, in that ballpark, we're going to send a pet home with instructions to give some insulin in the morning, then about 10, 15 minutes later, feed, and then get on this twice a day schedule. I like to have them home for about a week doing this, as long as they're acting fine, monitoring the water intake, making sure the water intake is coming down, and then have them come in for what we call a glucose curve. Now, there are also some urine sticks that can measure urine glucose to give you an idea. If you're still getting a lot of urine glucose, then the most likely you're still getting a lot of blood sugar and also some nifty little kits that you can prick of a little toe or the ear and you can actually measure at home your own blood glucose just like people do themselves when they're diabetic. So there are you know, options to sort of give you an idea of how much insulin needs to be done. Now, when we have a complicated diabetes mellitus where the dog is actually ketoacidotic, then that's a hospital case. That's something where we have to regulate these animals. We have to use a special kind of insulin called regular insulin first, monitoring them several times a day, and we have to actually get them well. We have to take care of the acidosis, we have to get rid of the ketones in the body, in the blood, and only then, then we can have you start with a regular course of insulin treatment, insulin therapy. It's important that with a dog, and this is going to be a little different with cats, as we'll get to when we talk about cats, is that the pet needs to be eating. If you have a dog who is an unpredictable eater, we have to be very careful with the amount of insulin given because we don't want to run the risk of giving insulin and then not having insulin your dog eat, because clearly then we will end up in a situation where we are going to create a hypoglycemic, a low blood sugar situation in your dog. So for these dogs, we recommend actually feeding something first, making sure they're gonna eat before you give the insulin. And the insulin is given every twelve hours, whatever it is you want it, as best you can get on a twelve hour schedule to deliver the injection. And as your veterinarian will go over with you, the insulin has to be treated very delicately. It's when you're given that vial, first of all, it needs to stay in the refrigerator. And we don't want to shake the bottle. A lot of times when we have medications that we give that the solute, certain part will dissolve, will sort of drop to the bottom in suspension, and we need to resuspend. We'll take the bottle and we'll start shaking. You can't do that with insulin because you will denature, destroy the beneficial properties of the insulin. So your doctor will teach you how to gently roll the bottle back and forth, and as you're rolling it back and forth, you're turning it all the way 180 degrees back and forth until you get it all back into suspension, and at that time, you can go ahead and administer the injection. So it's something that's very easy to do. The good news about diabetes is that if you have an uncomplicated diabetes and you have the right patient, you're very comfortable giving injections, that this is a condition just like in people that could be controlled for the life of your pet. Now, let me give you some other complicators of diabetes. And any of you who have had a diabetic pet might have seen this already, and that is cataracts. And one of the keys to the developing cataracts is this high blood sugar, and we seem to get a lot of film and ultimately cataract formation. And these dogs can often go blind. So it's another sign that we are having a unregulated diabetes. And unfortunately, in some dogs, this cataract formation can happen very quickly. So even though once you're on track and you're doing a wonderful job regulating your pets, blood sugar, the cataracts have already formed. So that could be an issue. The good news is the, di- the cataracts can be treated, as can the diabetes. And the worst scenario is that if you have a dog that's young enough, you go see the veterinary ophthalmologist, cataract surgery that can be done, they will re-implant a lens that cannot become cataractus that can actually improve their vision over what it was before they even developed the cataracts in the first place. And um, so that's a real possibility, but you have to be aware that that can happen. Now, another test that we often do long-term, and this is sort of on the newer edge, and I'm sure your veterinarian will talk to you about this if you have a pet that that is a diabetic, and that is a fructosamine. When we have regulated diabetics coming in for spot checks or you're doing your spot checks at home, understand that that's a moment in time. You are taking blood at one moment, and you are seeing, for example, a blood sugar of 180. Well, 180 for a diabetic is livable, right? It's less than 250. Probably not ideal. I'd love to be, be around 140, 130, 120, even 100 would be great, but the fear is that if you get so low, and you let's say you do a blood test and it's low at 100, do you know what its lowest was? You don't, unless you're going to do what's called a blood curve, a, a glucose curve. But the fructosamine is a cool test, because fructosamine will give you a broad picture, maybe covering four to six weeks of blood sugar. In other words, it'll give you a, kind of an average. And if your fructosamine level is within the normal range, that means you've been doing a pretty darn good job of regulating, overall regulating, the blood sugar. So it's just another way that we can get a really good handle on keeping these pets under control. So to recap, and I see I'm not even getting to type 2 yet, so we're, we're going to push off diabetes for two weeks, and next week we're going to talk about type 2 diabetes in cats. It's a whole different ball game. And type 2, you can imagine, if you know anyone who's a type 2 diabetic as a person, adult onset, what they often have in common is obesity. And I'll explain the link to our type 2 diabetic feline and the obesity issue affecting many adults, people, human adults, and type 2 diabetes. We'll get to that next week. Anyway, so don't fear. If you have a dog that's drinking and urinating a lot of Of course, you're going to take them to your veterinarian anyway, and we will get to the answer as to whether this is Cushing's, whether this is diabetes, whether this is a combination, whether this is urinary tract infection, kidney disease, whatever. We will get your answer, and we will start treating accordingly. Anyway, I want to thank you for joining me. Feel free this week if you want to email me to Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Go ahead. Thanks again to our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products and Kong Toys. And while you're having a great week, I am leaving here to hit the slopes of Park City. We'll see you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.